سيئات أعمالنا من يهديه الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله Today, inshaAllah Ta'ala, we'll begin with a few brief lessons with regards to Ramadan, looking at some of the fiqh of Ramadan, some of the rulings important for all of us to know, particularly regarding fasting and regarding taraweeh. The rulings of fasting and taraweeh. So we'll mention them in brief, the ahadith, and then the rulings from the ahadith. The first hadith then, or the first two or three narrations, explain to us the ruling on how Ramadan begins. And so in those opening narrations we see that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ammar ibn Yasir mentioned, Man saama al-yawma al-ladhi yushakku fihi faqad asa abal qasim. The person who fasts on the day of doubt has disobeyed Abul Qasim, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The question is, what is the day of doubt? Normally, the Islamic month can be either 29 days long or 30 days long. So after the 29th day of the month, it will just depend on whether the new moon comes out or not. If the new moon comes out, it means the month is sticking to 29 days and the next day will be the new month. If the moon doesn't come out, then the next day carries on as the 30th day of that current month. So in Sha'ban, the month before Ramadan, on the 29th day, the Muslims across the world go out looking for the new moon. If they see it, then the next day is the first day of Ramadan. If they don't see it, then that means the next day carries on to be the 30th day of Sha'ban. And that's what happened this year in most of the countries that they didn't see the moon on the 29th and therefore Sha'ban was completed as 30 days and then Ramadan began. That's clear. On the 29th day, look for the new moon. If you see it, next day Ramadan. If you don't see it, next day 30th of Sha'ban and then Ramadan the day after that. The issue is though, on the 29th of Sha'ban, if the people go out looking for the new moon, but that night happens to be a night where there's a storm going on, there's clouds, there's fog, there's mist, 
So it's impossible to tell whether the new moon is out or not. So then what do you do the next day? Because of all of the difficulties of viewing, it was impossible to tell whether the moon was there or not. So should the next day be considered the first of Ramadan just in case? Or should we say no, at the end of the day we didn't see it, so next day is 30th of Sha'ban. In this scenario, you don't know. The moon was there, it wasn't there, you don't know, you couldn't tell. So what do you do for the next day? have to be sure but what if it was there and you don't fast mm -hmm. that's known as the day of doubt when you go out on the 29th and you look but you can't see because of the the factors and the obstacles it then becomes known as the day of doubt because that could be the first day of Ramadan the moon may have been there then again, the moon might not have been there, and it actually is the 30th of Sha'ban. You wouldn't be able to know. So therefore, now it's known as the day of doubt. So on the day of doubt, this hadith says, Man Whomsoever fasts on the day of doubt, then he has disobeyed Abu al-Qasim. So the hadith is telling us it's impermissible to fast that next day because at the end of the day you haven't seen the new moon. There are other narrations which highlight this too. Hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar radiyallahu anhuma qal sami'atu rasulallahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yaqul إِذَا رَأَيْتُمُوهُ فَسُومُوا وَإِذَا رَأَيْتُمُوهُ فَأَفْطِرُوا فَإِنْ غُمَّ عَلَيْكُمْ فَقَدِرُوا لَهُ وَلِمُسْلِمْ فَإِذَا أُغْمِيَ عَلَيْكُمْ فَقَدِرُوا لَهُ ثَلَاثِينَ وَلِلْبُخَارِ فَأَكْمِلُوا الْعِدَّةَ ثَلَاثِينَ وَلَهُ فِي حَدِيثَ بِهُرَيْرَ فَأَكْمِلُوا عِدَّةَ شَعْبَانَ ثَلَاثِينَ in this hadith, the Prophet said, When you see it, meaning the moon, then fast, meaning start Ramadan. And when you see it, then finish and open your Ramadan, meaning do Eid. So when you see the moon, that's how Ramadan begins. When you see the moon again, that's when Eid begins. That's what the hadith is telling you. When you see it, then start fasting. Ramadan begins now. When you see it again, then stop your fasting. Eid is here now. But then it says, فَإِنْ غُمَّ عَلَيْكُمْ فَقَدُرُوا لَهُ But if it's covered up, cloud, mist, fog, rain, storm, then what do you do? estimate if you go out looking for the moon and it's all covered up then estimate but what does it mean estimate it tells you in the other narrations it says فَإِذَا أُغْمِيَ عَلَيْكُمْ فَقَدُرُوا لَهُ ثَلَاثِينَ if it's covered up and you can't tell then estimate it as 30 
meaning the current month you're in. For example, now with Ramadan, Sha'ban. Therefore, estimate that as 30, meaning make that next day 30th of Sha'ban. That makes it even clearer in the hadith of Bukhari, فَأَكْمِلُ الْعِدَّةَ ثَلَاثِينَ Complete 30 days. People may still say, well, it doesn't mention Sha'ban anywhere. But it does. In another narration of Abu Huraira, فَأَكْمِلُ عِدَّةَ شَعْبَانَ ثَلَاثِينَ Complete the days of Sha'ban as 30. Sha'ban itself is mentioned. So that's as clear as you can get. If you can't spot the moon on the 29th anywhere, then the next day complete it as 30 days of Sha'ban. Clear hadith in Bukhari. So that is the method by which Ramadan is established. By the sighting of the moon. On the 29th day of Sha'ban, people look for the moon. If they see it, the next day is Ramadan. If it's a clear day but nobody sees it, that means the next day is definitely the 30th of Sha'ban. If it's covered up so they can't tell, then according to all of these narrations now, by default, they mix the next day, 30th of Sha'ban as well. Also, you have the hadith of Ibn Umar, radiyallahu anhuma qal, tara'a nasu al-hilal. He says, the people went out looking for the moon. فَأَخْبَرْتُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ أَنِّي رَأَيْتُ He says, I told the Prophet وسلم, that I saw it. Ibn Umar, he was the one who spotted it. فَصَامَ وَأَمَرَ النَّاسَ بِصِيَامِهِ So the Prophet وسلم, fasted and he told the people to fast. In this hadith then, again we're being told regarding the sighting of the moon. He says, النَّاسُ الْهِلَالَ فَأَخْبَرْتُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ أَنِّي رَأَيْتُ فَصَامَ وَأَمَرَ النَّاسَ بِصِيَامِهِ They all went looking for the moon. Abdullah ibn Umar spotted it. So he came and told the Prophet وسلم, that he's seen it. And the Prophet وسلم, began the month of Ramadan upon that sighting. There is another hadith just like that. An ibn Abbas. Radiyallahu anhuma. Anna a'rabiyan jaa ila al-nabiy sallallahu alayhi wa sallam faqal. That a Bedouin came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and said. What's a Bedouin? Bedouin like they used to live out in the deserts and they used to travel around. They never used to live in the cities. They were like farmers and things who used to live out in the deserts. So one of these Bedouins came to the Prophet ﷺ. Obviously the Prophet ﷺ didn't know this particular man, somebody from out in the deserts, didn't know who he was. But this man came to the Prophet ﷺ and said to him, the Bedouin said, I spotted the new moon. I spotted the moon. I saw the moon. فقال, so the Prophet said, The Prophet said to him, 
Do you testify that there is none who has the right to be worshipped except Allah? The man said yes. Do you testify that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah? The man said yes. Then the Prophet said, he said, announce to the people, O Bilal, that they must start fasting tomorrow. This hadith again tells you about the sighting of the moon issue. That Ramadan begins with the sighting of the moon. But it also tells you what? Hmm? Okay. It tells you one person is enough. One witness who sees the moon is enough. But also has to be Muslim. The condition is that the person must be Muslim. فهذا أيضا يدل على أن رؤية الواحد تكفي ويشترط أن يكون مسلما. So one person sighting the moon is enough, but the condition is it has to be a Muslim. Even if it's a man or a woman, as Sheikh Al Fawzan mentions the opinion that it's okay. Some scholars have some differences over that, but as Sheikh Al Fawzan he says. فدل هذا الحديث على أن دخول شهر رمضان يثبت برؤية رجل واحد أو شخص واحد من المسلمين ولو كان امرأة Even if it was one woman That the sighting of one Muslim That can establish the beginning of the month of Ramadan So therefore how many ways are there for Ramadan to be established For it to begin how many ways are there to prove Ramadan has begun? Two? What are they? Seeing the moon? Hmm? What are they? Seeing the moon? That's one. Complete 30 days, that's two. Witness is seeing the moon. So where's your third one? See the moon, complete 30 days, what's your third one? What's the third one? You're never ever going to get it. Because there is no third one. Two ways only. Two ways only for the month of Ramadan to be established. Either by seeing the new moon on the 29th of Sha'ban. If they see the new moon, that's it. If they don't, the second method, complete the next day as your 30th day of Sha'ban. And even if you don't see the moon the next day, it doesn't matter now. Now you've done 30 days, the next day after that has to be Ramadan. So either seeing the new moon or completing 30 days. Calculations, al-hisab that we use, that is not permissible. All of those calculations they use and they say the moon is going to come out tonight and it's not going to come out tomorrow and all these different things they say. Using those calculations and the scientific methods and on Google and everything, when's the moon coming out? You can't use that type of stuff. 
It is either seeing the moon, if you don't see it, complete 30 days and that's it. Simple as that. So that is regarding how the month of Ramadan begins. Then, the second topic. The second topic is about the niyyah, the intention for Ramadan. We have two hadith here talking about how you make your intention for Ramadan for fasting. Hadith number one, An Hafsa, Ummil Mu'minina radiyallahu anha, Anin Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallama qal, Man lam yubayyit al-sayama qabla al-fajr, fala sayama lah. Whoever doesn't make his intention before fajr, then there is no fast for him. Whoever doesn't make their intention before Fajr, then there is no fast for him. But then, we have another hadith. An Aisha radiyallahu anha qalat, Dakhala alayya nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallama dhata yawmin faqal, Hal indakum shay'a? Ulna la. Qal, فَإِنِّي إِذَنْ صَائِمٌ In Muslim. That one day the Prophet ﷺ came home and he said to Aisha, Do you have any food here? Is there any food at home? So Aisha radiallahu anha, she said that we told him there is actually nothing. There is actually no food at home at all. So then the Prophet ﷺ said, in that case, I'm fasting for the day. Because he hadn't eaten or drunk anything since before Fajr anyway. So when he came home in the middle of the day and found out there isn't any food at home at all, he said, in that case, all morning since Fajr, I haven't eaten, I haven't drunk anything anyway. There's no food here. I'll just make the intention to call today a fast. And I'll just eat something at Maghrib. So that means he made the intention to fast for that day in the middle of the day. When he came home, did he have the intention to fast? No, because he was asking, do we have anything to eat? So he only made the intention in the middle of the day. But in the hadith of Hafsa, whoever doesn't make the intention before Fajr, then the fast doesn't count. So how do we combine between these two? So, the hadith that says, مَنْ لَمْ يُبَيِّتِ الصِّيَامَ قَبْلَ الْفَجْرِ فَلَا صِيَامَ لَهُ هَذَا فِي الْفَرْضِ لَا بُدَّ أَنْ يَنْوِيَ الصِّيَامَ قَبْلَ أَنْ يَطْلَعَ الْفَجْرِ فَإِذَا نَوَاهُ قَبْلَ أَنْ يَطْلَعَ الْفَجْرِ وَنَامَ عَلَى نِيَّتِهِ وَلَمْ يَسْتَيْقِذْ إِلَّا بِالنَّهَارِ صَوْمُهُ صَحِيحِ لِأَنَّ النِّيَّةِ مَوْجُودَةِ وَلَمْ يَحْصُلْ أَكْلْ وَلَا شِرْبْ وَلَا مَا يُنَافِ الصِّيَامِ So in the obligatory fasts, like Ramadan, Siyam, you have to make the intention before the Fajr time starts. But in the supererogatory fasts, optional fasts, if it just so happened that you hadn't eaten or drunk or anything all day, then in the middle of the day you could decide actually I'll just carry on till Maghrib I'll make the intention for a fast today. 
and that will be okay. So supererogatory optional. But obligatory fasts, the niyyah, the intention has to be from before the time of fajr begins. That's the difference. Topic number three is about the suhoor and the iftar. About the suhoor and the iftar. Here we have a few hadith. Hadith of Sahal ibn Sa'ad radiyallahu anhuma anna rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qal la yazalu an-nasu bi khayrin ma ajjalu al-fitr muttafaqun alayh that the people will remain upon goodness as long as they hasten in opening the fast they will remain upon goodness as long as they hasten to open the fast meaning that they don't delay after the opening time the maghrib time because what do some mosques do they purposely delay the adhan for maghrib in Ramadan they purposely make Maghrib time late why because they say we want to be absolutely sure that the Sun has gone down let's just be careful and add a five or ten minutes on extra we don't want to take the chance of opening our fast too early by accident so they say let's just add another ten minutes or twenty minutes on and we'll do the Adhan of Maghrib and do Maghrib everything later by 15 minutes just to be careful and be sure. That is a bid'ah. It is in opposition to the Sunnah. Sunnah tells you as soon as the Maghrib time is in, when the sunset happens, you open your fast. When the sunset happens, you open your fast. So here that's what the Hadith says. People will remain upon goodness as long as they are opening their fast on time. Not delaying their fast and making it late and saying, let's be careful. Also, you have the hadith of Abu Hurairah, Lit-Tirmidhi. Ani Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam qal, Azza wa Jal, Ahabbu ibadi ilayya a'ajaluhum fitra. The most beloved of my servants to me is the one who is the quickest in opening the fast. Meaning as soon as the time comes in, open time, opens his fast straight away. Maghrib time opens his fast straight away. That is the most beloved of the servants to Allah. So these two narrations are telling us that it is a sunnah to open your fast on time. Don't delay and say it still looks a bit light and let me give you another 10 minutes. Once you know it's the Maghrib time, you open your fast. It's going to be light anyway. It's not supposed to be dark at Maghrib time. At Maghrib time, it's still light outside. Don't think Maghrib time is sunset pitch black. Maghrib time, it is still light outside. In the hadith, it mentions when the Sahaba used to pray Maghrib with the Prophet ﷺ, after the prayer, they would go outside. If they shot an arrow, they would see the arrow flying all the way and see where it lands. How can you see where the arrow lands in dark? You're only going to be able to see where it lands if there's still some light. So after Maghrib prayer, they would say that light was still there takes a while for the light to disappear and go pitch black. So these two hadith are telling you don't delay the iftar. 
When it's time, you open on time. The next hadith tells you how to open your fast. What should you eat? An Salman ibn Amir al-Dabbi radiyallahu anhu anin nabiyyi sallallahu alayhi wa sallama qal Iza aftara ahadukum falyuftir ala tamr Fa'in lam yajid falyuftir ala ma' Fa'innahu tahur that when one of you opens his fast, then open it with dates. But if you do not find dates, then open it with water, because it is purifying. Sheikh Al-Fawzan says, بَيَانُ مَا يَنْبَغِي أَنْ يُفْطِرْ عَلَيْهِ الصَّائِمِ وَهُوَ أَنْ يُفْطِرْ عَلَى التَّمْرِ هَذَا أَفْضَلْ شَيْءٍ لِأَنَّ التَّمْرِ فِيهِ خَصَائِصْ طِبِّيَّةِ لَا تُوجَدْ فِي غَيْرِهِ فَهُوَ أَطْيَبُ أَنْوَاعِ الْحَلْوَى وَالصَّائِمُ أَفْضَلْ مَا يَتَنَاوَلْ عِنْدَ الْإِفْطَارِ مَا فِيهِ حَلَاوَةِ لِأَنَّ تِلْكَ أَصْلَحْ لِلْمَعِيدَةِ وَكَانَ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمْ يُفْطِرُ بِهِ فَإِنْ لَمْ يَجِدِ التَّمْرْ فَلْيُفْطِرْ عَلَى الْمَاءِ فَإِنَّهُ طَهُورٌ حَمِيدٌ يُطَهِّرُ الْمَعِيدَةَ وَيَغْسِلُهَا فَالْمَاءُ أَيْضًا فِيهِ فَائِدَةٌ لِلْمَعِدَةِ الْفَارِغَةِ فَالْمَعِدَةُ الْفَارِغَةُ مِنَ الصِّيَامِ أَحْسَنُ شَيْءٍ لَهَا بَعْدَ التَّمْرِ وَالْمَاءِ So the sunnah tells you to open your fast with dates because dates are sweet and opening your fast with that type of property to it the sweetness to it that is good for the empty stomach Similarly, if a person doesn't have any dates, then water is good for the empty stomach as well, purifying the stomach. So dates and then water. That is the sunnah to open your fast with. وَكَانَ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمُ يُفْتِرُ عَلَى رُطَابَ وَإِنْ لَمْ يَجِدْ فَعَلَى تَمْرِ The best thing is to open your fast with the, like the juicy, moist dates. If you have those. If you don't have those, then the normal dry dates. And if you don't even have those, then with the water. And this is from the wisdom of the, the sunnah, that these items are good for your body when you've been fasting. The energy within that, the water, this is something that the body needs at the time of opening the fast. Then the other thing which is the suhoor. An Anas ibn Malik radiyallahu anhu qal, قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم تصحروا فإن في الصحور بركة متفق عليه that you should have the suhoor because within that is blessings the suhoor الصحور وهو الأكلة التي تؤكل عند الصحر قبل طلوع الفجر بنية الصيام فهذا يسمى السحور بفتح السين المشددة وهو ما يتصحر به When you say سحور سحور That is the actual food you eat in the morning So let's say in the morning MashaAllah you have your bowl of Weetabix You're gonna have your bowl of Weetabix in the morning that bowl of Weetabix is your sahur, with a fatha. That is your sahur. 
But sometimes you hear people saying, what's the other way of saying it? Suhoor. Sahur and Suhoor. Suhoor, Amma Asuhoor, Bidlam, Fahada Masdar, Masdar, Tasahara Suhooran, Mitlu Tuhur, Wat Tahur, At Tahur, Huelma, Aladiota Tahurube, Amma Tuhur, Bidlam, Fahua Masdar, Tatahara Tahurta Tahuran, Watuhuran. ومثل الوقود والوقود الوقود هو الحطب والوقود بالضم هو uh, هو المصدر وقد أو توقد توقدت توقدا أو وقودا so basically the meaning here is sahur is the actual food you're gonna have suhur in English like we say it's the act of having the sahur it's the act of doing the suhoor. That's the suhoor. The fact that you have that food, your act of eating that food in the morning, is the act of suhoor. The actual food you're going to have is known as the sahur. So, in this hadith we're told that you should have that early pre-dawn meal. Because within it is barakah. When Nabi صلى الله عليه وسلم حث على أكلة السحور لما فيها من الاستعانة على طاعة الله وهي الصيام. So the Prophet encouraged us to have that meal in the morning because you get energy from that for the day which will help you to do your worship for the day. ولما في ذلك من مخالفة أهل الكتاب أيضا. And also because having this meal in the morning is an opposition to the people of the book. فَإِنَّ أَهْلَ الْكِتَابِ لَا يَتَسَحَّرُونَ The people of the book, they don't have this meal in the morning. وَفَرْقٌ بَيْنَنَا وَبَيْنَهُمْ كَمَا فِي الْحَدِيثِ And the difference between us and them in fasting, as it's mentioned in the hadith, فَاصْلُ مَا بَيْنَ صَيَامِنَا وَصَيَامِ أَهْلِ الْكِتَابِ the difference between our fasting and the fasting of the people of the book is having that meal in the morning. Hadith Akhrajahu Muslim. Fafihi Mukhalafa li ahlil kitab, wafihi i'ana ala ta'ati lahi azzawajal. Wasammahun nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam al ghida ul mubarak. That it is the food which is blessed. And that's why a Shaykh al-Fawzan, he says, even if a person does not feel like having anything in the morning, you should still have like a sip of water or one date or something. Even something tiny. So that you have had the meal of sahur. So that you've got this barakah and you've opposed the way of the people of the book in their fasting. Even if you don't feel like eating at that time in the morning, have a sip of water at least. Have a date or two at least. Tiny snack at least. So that you are having the suhoor which is barakah in it and you are opposing the people of the book. Then, now this is topic number four. Topic number one was what? How the month of Ramadan begins. Topic number two was? 
intention. Topic number three was iftar and suhoor. Topic number four now, topic number four now is the topic of al-wisal, continuation in fasting. What does continuation in fasting mean, al-wisal? Imagine now, this morning you had your suhoor. You had that meal, 2.33 a.m. You had that meal in the morning and you've been fasting since then. Now when it comes to Maghrib time at 9 o'clock, don't open your fast. Don't eat, don't drink. Carry on fasting. Carry on till Isha. Don't eat, don't drink. Just carry on fasting. All night, just carry on. Don't eat nothing. Don't open your fast. Even in the morning now, suhoor time, don't have anything. Just carry on next day as well. That's continued fasting. So you don't open your fast at the Maghrib. You carry on. Make it longer, longer, longer. Carry on. Continued fasting. Is it permissible or not? Permissible? Mm-hmm. What's your evidence? What's your evidence? The hadith? Where's the hadith? Uh-huh. So, Anabi Hurairata radiyallahu anhu qal, Naha Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallama anil wisal. Faqala rajulun minal muslimin, fa innaka ya Rasulullah tuwasil. Qal, wa ayyukum mithli, inni abitu yut'imuni Allah wa yasqini. Falamma abaw an yantahu anil wisal, wasala bihim, yawman, thumma yawman, ثم رأوا الهلال فقال لو تأخر الهلال لزدتكم كالمنكل لهم حين أبوا أن ينتهوا متفق عليه In this hadith pay attention to this hadith now how it works it says that the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم forbade them from continuation forbade them to do continuous fasting. But then a man, he said, but messenger of Allah, you do it though. The Prophet used to do it. So when the Prophet told them, well, you can't do it, one man said, but oh, messenger of Allah, you do it though. Meaning they were all enthusiastic. They wanted to be like the Prophet They wanted to all do it as well. They all wanted to do it because the Prophet does it. So one man said, but O oh Messenger of Allah, you do it. Like he was saying, allow us to do it as well. But then the Prophet ﷺ said to him, mithli? But who from amongst you is like me? Inni yasqini. When I sleep, Allah feeds me and gives me drink. Some of the scholars, they say, min, min, min al-jannah. The food and the drink from paradise. That is one explanation. Other scholars, they say, no, the meaning of it is, iman, that Allah gives the Prophet such strong iman that he can carry on fasting even without opening his fast. So he said to them, you are not like me. 
but still they all wanted to be like the Prophet ﷺ. They insisted on doing it with the Prophet ﷺ. So in the end, the Prophet ﷺ did it, allowed them to do it. So they had the suhoor, for example, and fasted one day. Got to Maghrib time, the Prophet ﷺ and the people, none of them opened the fast, carried on. Into the night, got to the suhoor time, which is now 24 hours. No suhoor, nothing, carried on. All of the next day. So now two days. You're on the second day of Maghrib. It's like imagine you don't open your fast today. Tomorrow, Sunday night, open your fast. They got to Sunday night. Uh, they got to the second night. No food, no drink. They carried on. But then the new moon got sighted. So once the new moon got sighted, the next day was going to be the day of Eid. So now it's haram to fast. So they had to open the fast then. But the Prophet ﷺ said to them, if the moon hadn't come out, I would have carried on next day as well. To show them that you wouldn't have been able to manage that. You wouldn't have managed another day and another day. You wouldn't have managed it. So what do we see in the hadith? At the beginning, the Prophet ﷺ said to them, no continuation. Open your fast at Maghrib. Don't continue. But then one man said, O Messenger of Allah, but you do it. So like, can't we do it? The Prophet said to them, but I am different to you. But they carried on insisting. So in the end, the Prophet allowed them to do it. And so they did it for two days, but then on the third day, the moon came out. But he told them, if it didn't come out, the third day I would have carried on as well. So what's the ruling? What is the ruling now? You've seen this hadith. حكم الوصال What's the حكم? What's the حكم? What do we do? Any fatwa? Forbidden? What dalil? This hadith at the beginning نهى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم عن الوصال That could be the dalil Anything else? Optional, so it's mubah. Dalil. فَلَمَّا أَبَوْا أَنْ يَنْتَهُوا عَنِ الْوِسَاءِ وَاصَلَ بِهِمْ Indicates it's permissible. We'll tell you now. اِخْتَلَفَ الْعُلَمَا فِي حُكْمِ الْوِسَاءِ الْقَوْلُ الْأَوَّلِ قَوْلُ الْجُمْهُورِ the majority of the scholars, they say regarding continuation in fasting, that it is permissible, impermissible, muharram. Al-Jumhur ala annahu muharram, li'anna al-Nabiyya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam naha anhu, wa lamma asarru alayhi wa salabihim kal munakkili lahum, fadalla ala tahreem al-wisal fi haqqi al-ummah. So at the beginning of the hadith, the Prophet said to them, prohibited, you can't do it. When they carried on insisting, he did it with them just to show them physically so they can experience themselves why they are not allowed to do it. So all of that indicates it's haram. Majority of the scholars, haram, you can't do it. You have to open your fast at Maghrib. You can't say, I'm going to carry on and make it longer. Al-Qawl al-Thani, Ibaahatu al-Wisal, لأن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم واصل بهم لو كان محرما لم يواصل بهم 
فَهُوَ مُبَاحٌ لَكِنْ تَرْكُهُ أَفْضَلٌ Second opinion is that it's permissible, it can be done. What's the proof? The fact that when they insisted, the Prophet ended up allowing them and doing it with them. That shows that it is allowed. If it was absolutely haram, then would the Prophet have done it with them? No. So the fact that he allowed them in the end to have a, a, a try of it shows that it's allowed, but you shouldn't do it though. It's haram for the one who it's a burden upon and difficult, but if it's not and it's easy for you, then it's allowed. It is permissible to carry on beyond Maghrib. Don't open your fast at Maghrib. You can carry on all the way up until next morning, Sahur time. So that would end up being how long your fast? 24 hours. So imagine now at Maghrib you don't open your fast. You can carry on. Up until 3 a.m. At 3 a.m. Sahur time, you have to eat. You have to open your fast. It would be haram to go beyond that, according to Al-Qawl Al-Rabi'ah. What dalil? لِأَنَّ النَّبِيَّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عِلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ قَالْ لَا تُوَاصِلُوا فَأَيُّكُمْ أَرَادَ أَنْ يُوَاصِلْ فَالْيُوَاصِلْ إِلَى السَّحَرِ Al-Bukhari. Hadith in Al-Bukhari. Don't do continuation. But anybody who wants to do it, then you can do it up until As-Sahar. The Sahur time of the next day. So 24 hours. That is the opinion of uh, Al-Imam Ahmed. That is the choice of Al-Sheikh Al-Fawzan also. The Jumhur though, Muharram. Altogether. You have to open your fast at Maghrib. Because they say, look at the Sunnah. The Sunnah, what did it say? This is how you going to do the sunnah if you do wisal. You have to open your fast on time for the goodness. This is how you go, then you're going against it. You're going late. So the majority jumhur mahar. But some of the scholars on this hadith they say it is permissible. Then topic number five. The types of things that break your fast. Al-Mufattirat ma'anawiyya yasihu ma'aha as-sayam lakin yanqus thawaba. There are certain types of things that break your fast. Eating, drinking, etc. There are other types of things that take away the reward of your fast even though your fast counts. They are evil speech and evil actions. And this hadith then, قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ سَعَسَلَّمُ مَنْ لَمْ يَدَعْ قَوْلَ الزُّورِ وَالْعَمَلَ بِهِ وَالْجَهَلِ فَلَيْسَ لِلَّهِ حَاجَ فِي أَنْ يَدَعَ طَعَامَهُ وَشَرَابَهُ رواه البخاري A person who does not leave the false speech and the false actions, all the evil speech and evil actions, lying, backbiting, slander, storytelling, والجهل يعني السفه, foolishness. Then Allah has no need for that person to leave his food and drink. Meaning the point isn't just to leave your food and drink. The point is to leave your evil actions. 
If you're going to carry on with your evil actions and just stop eating and drinking, that means you're going to experience all of that hunger. You're going to experience all of that thirst. You're going to experience all of that fatigue and tiredness. And at the end of the day, you're going to get hardly any reward for it because you're still carrying on with all of your evil speech and sins and lying and haram. If you carry on with all of that haram, at the end of the day, you've experienced the hunger, the tiredness and everything. You've been fasting all day. It will count. But do you get any reward for that day? Maybe nothing. Because you wasted all of the reward by doing haram all day. So by doing haram, it takes away the reward of fasting even though your fast will count. You can say, I've done it. You've done the fasting of Ramadan. You did it. It counted. But did you get any reward for it? Maybe hardly anything. All of that month getting up and all fasting all day and everything, and maybe you get zero reward for it at the end of the month. Because you wasted it all in lying about people, backbiting, storytelling, all the haram. So this indicates that you have to be careful when it comes to the second type of issue, the things that break your fast in terms of the reward. They take away your reward until you may have no reward left for that day. That's where we'll have to leave it for today then. Uh, we'll carry on with it next week inshallah ta'ala with some more sub uh, subjects and topics. There's going to be the topic of al-hijama. Hikm al-hijama lisa'im. Also uh, topic of as-safar, the musafir, what's the rulings for him. وَأَيْضًا مَنْ أَكَلَ أَوْ شَرِبَ نَاسِيًا These types of topics then will start from next Saturday, inshaAllah, 6.45 p.m. And we'll conclude upon that for tonight. وَصَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَى نَبِيَنَا مُحَمَّدُ وَعَلَى آلِهِ وَصَحْبِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ Any questions on that? Mostly, al-jumhur, it doesn't mean all of them. Al-jumhur, when you say al-jumhur, it doesn't always mean the four imams. Al-imam Abu Hanifa, al-imam Malik, al-imam Shafi, al-imam Ahmed al-Hanbal. It doesn't have to be all of them. But jumhur, at least three. It will be at least three. Sometimes they say, qala al-jumhur, like here now. Al-jumhur, like you have al-imam Abu Hanifa, al-imam Malik, al-imam Shafi. But Ahmed, he's separate. But you can say jumhur, majority. Al-akthariya. Alright, we'll carry next week then, inshallah.